The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, now, my next guest, uh, born in Dublin, faced abandonment, orphanage life, and many hardships. His pursuit of education and athletics took him from Ireland to the US. And believe it or not, he qualified for the Olympics in Atlanta in 1996. He now completes in Masters events and holds a number of records. His name is Shane Healy, Ireland's most unlikely Olympian. And he's with me now. Shane, good morning. Good morning, Pat, and thank you for having me on your show. Now, you have another thing you want to talk to us about, but it really starts back in your childhood where you were effectively abandoned by your mother. Yeah, Pat, it all started in the Sandy Mount home in 1973 where my parents had an argument that night and uh, Lorraine, my older sister, woke up and she woke up from the commotions and my mother grabbed Lorraine and took Lorraine that night and never to be seen again. And what happened to you? Uh, well, Daddy, whatever, what happened with then, Daddy wasn't, wasn't probably in a good place and I was... He actually went to England to find work with my older brother and um, I was put into Golden Bridge Orphanage. I was in and out of homes. I was in the nuns, I think, in Donnybrook at first and then Golden Bridge Orphanage on and off over three years. Okay, now you had an aunt who used to visit. Yeah, my auntie knowing, she she was a beautician in Switzerland, which is now Brown Thomas, and she used to come and take me out of the home every second weekend. And when she was 37, I think it was a couple of months before she was supposed to get married, she had a a brain hemorrhage and passed away. So therefore, it was a really sad time. Uh, I was devastated. And uh, Daddy came home from England for the funeral. And Dad had met another lady at the time. And she said, look, we have a son here. Let's take him out of the orphanage and bring him back to England with us. How did that go? It went fine. We came back, uh, went to England, England for a year, and then... The family, the two families came back and we lived in rat mines. Yeah. Now, um, you weren't much of a schoolgoer. No, I wasn't. Definitely not. No, I left school at 13 and I was always, like my father, good with my hands and stuff. And that used to give me a few jobs rubbing down cars and prepping up and painting and stuff. And then I went on then to become an apprentice bartender at the headline bar in Hall's Cross. Now, as a teenager, you travelled the world. I did. Um, Just I, give us a list of the kind of things you did. Uh, look, from flying out from Dublin to America and then hitchhiking across America, back to Ireland for a little stint in 89. And then the real travel started. Then I went hitchhiking down through London, France, Spain, and then on to Gibraltar, sailed from Gibraltar to the Canaries. And then from the Canaries, I did a transatlantic crossing on a 60-foot swan, then to the Caribbean, then back into the United States, and then hitchhiked across America and then up to Canada and... And then I ended up in San Francisco, California. Now, um, you got to go to university. How did you manage to do that? Uh, I was showering every day in the locker rooms and I was enrolled in a community college because it was only $50 a semester. I had to actually tell little peeps to get, to get California residency. And um, I was talking to me and he was a black and sprinters college and... Um, some of the sprinters said to the coach, oh, there's a crazy Irishman living in his Volkswagen camper. And he said, oh, you look like Eamon Coughlin, Marcus O'Sullivan. And I said, really? I said, I didn't know who these guys were because running was totally foreign to me at the time. And I was 22 years old. And uh, he says, why don't you, you look fit. You I just come out and run a mile for me. And um, 
He said, I haven't got time to run around circles for you. And he said, look... Uh, this is a time when the four-minute mile was kind of uh, still a bit of an achievement for oh, people it was. to do. Yeah, I didn't know what the four-minute mile was, but he asked me to... said, look, I'll give you $50 if you can run a mile around five minutes. And I said... You want me to run on a track and you want to give me 50 I said, show me the $50. So he showed me the $50 and I grabbed the $50. I okay, show me where the track was. And I went down the track and I ran a 432 mile without you, any training. Without, without any training at all, a 432 mile. 432 mile. And the coach goes, God damn, you can run. And he says, I'll tell you what, if you run for the college every week, I'll pay for your groceries. And that's why I found, I had found the American dream. After traveling the world for four or five years, didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Now, you weren't running in high-tech shoes or anything like that. You, you were running no. in plimsolls. <laughs> no plimsolls, just all beat-up shoes. Beat-up shoes. Beat-up shoes. you did 432. 432 mile. And then within 12, 14 weeks, I made the California State Championships. And I ran uh, uh, 416 mile. Yeah. Now, you and I go back a long way because I remember when you were trying to get to the Olympics. Yes. And you finally made it to the 1996 Olympics. I did, yeah. yeah I was uh, back in your show, it was the Kenny Live back in I think, January of 1996. And as you know, there's, there's not much sponsorship in athletics in Ireland. And when I was on your show, I was very grateful that you helped me put wind in my sails and to help me get a few sponsors like you did. And I very much appreciate to this day, 28 years on, and you helped me achieve the Olympic dream. Yeah, absolutely. And it wasn't that you were one of these no-hopers. You actually made it to a semi-final of the 1500 metres. I did, yeah. Um, yeah, the Olympic semi-final, I did. And each time when I stood on the, on the, on the first round, I gave the, the thumbs up to Eamon, because he was my coach at the time, Eamon Coughlin. And then when I got into the semi-final, I gave the two thumbs up to the nation because I was just so proud to run for Ireland. Yeah. What, what a dream. I mean, uh, when you were a child, the idea of ever being an Olympian was the farthest thing from your imagination. It is. It's amazing what life has in store for you and the certain paths that you choose to take and... And then I just took the path of excellence to just run against the clock and to be an Olympian. I knew I wanted to be an Olympian within a year of running. Now, you're still running. I am. And you're still breaking records. Explain. I am. Um, well, when I was 48, I wasn't happy what I saw in the mirror. I was, I was overweight and I do suffer a lot from anxiety. And um, sometimes I'm going to those dark places at time. And... I said, I need a, a new challenge here. And I said, I'm going to go for the over 50s world records, and which I did in when I was 51. I broke the 15. I was the only man to go under 15 minutes for the 5K on the roads. I ran 14.58 <laughs> up in Armagh, the Armagh 5K road race. And then I went on and made the final of a senior 1500 in the indoor 1500, which was unreal because most of the kids I was racing, were like 28 years younger than me. So I made the final and I broke the world record in that 4-1 for the 1500 indoors. And then I, I'm only one of two men to go under four minutes for the 1500 uh, at, 50, uh, or at over 50s. And now, and then COVID hit when I was right in the middle of my record, record breaking sequence. sequence yeah. And COVID hit, which was unfortunate. But during COVID, I ran, one, I ran the fastest time to, for the 3K, around 8.27 3K and smashed that record by like 14 seconds. But it didn't count because it wasn't an official race because there was no races during yeah. COVID. It was very difficult. And now, um, the last, over the last 18 months, I backed off the gas pedal and I'm back now um, two weeks and I had my first race at Nationals and the Seniors and I went under the world over 55's records. Which are not quite 55. Not quite 55. I'm 55 on October 5th. But I'm in good fettle. And then last Friday night at the Carlingford 5K, 
our 500 runners, I came in eighth and I ran 15, 16. And, and this I, is for all age groups? This is for all, this, yeah. For, for and all, you came in fifth? I came in eighth, eighth in the calling for 5K. But my goal, Pat, is to break the over 55s world records after October 5th. But on Friday night, I ran 15.16 and the over 55s world records is 15.30. So I'm well under that and I'm well on course to Perfect. probably go sub 15 again in the fall. Now, there's another story to your life and that yeah. is your mum and Lorraine who left. And that left a big hole in, in your life, which, you know, you've been trying to fill ever since. What has happened in recent times? I tell you, Pat, over the last 30, 40 years, I never gave up hope of finding mum and finding Lorraine. Anytime I was on your shows or on newspaper articles for running the, the achievements I did in athletics, I always mentioned for my mum, Maureen, and my sister, Lorraine, to come forward. But to no avail, and it was coming up on the anniversary, actually this month, it's 50 years since they left the family home. And I was doing a hard track session there a couple of weeks ago on the track at the bush. And it was, it was on a Saturday. I never forget the time. It was, 12, it was Saturday. It was July 15th. And it was really bad weather conditions. And I was going really well in the training. And I said, I feel really something good is going to happen today, even though the weather was terrible. I felt the bounce. I felt my feet weren't touching the ground. And I said, I feel good about this day. So anyway, I went home. I was exhausted from the track session. And um, I got a text out of the blue just completely out of the blue, just wiped me. It was like getting hit by a truck. And it said, Hi, Shane, Jonathan here. You came up as my uncle on myheritage.com, a DNA check. And five or six years ago, my cousin, Marina Lannan, sent me uh, the heritage DNA check thing. She said, oh, Shane, this could open doors or just even just to find out what what your background is, you so know. Effectively, it puts your DNA into the database yeah. and then you, you wait and see if anyone makes a connection. Yeah, so I took the swab from the DNA checklist and posted it off and it was actually all the way to Texas. So anyway, within a couple of weeks, the, the samples came back and you're on your email and stuff and it says, Shane, okay, you were whatever, South Italian and Native, part Native American, which I don't know where that came from and then 94% Celtic. So anyway, Jonathan had taken the same test the, 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 my nephew that sent me the text two weeks ago he says hi, hi Shane uh, you're my uncle he came up on the DNA on the website and I googled you just for curiosity and then I see that on Google on the newspapers that you were looking for your sister Lorraine your sister Lorraine is my mother my goodness and it just it was just mind-blowing I had to just pinch myself um just shed a lot of tears actually yeah yeah and I can see even thinking about that moment, mm. you're about to shed a tear, but it's a tear of joy. It is, yeah. And then on, and also, but then unfortunately, in the text too, they said, look, we have some bad news as well, that your mother had passed away from 12 years ago. So that was like, like that really hit me hard too, because I didn't want it to end this way. Like, I just felt like I want to still give her a hug and do and maybe go for lunch and go and do special things like a mother and son daughter, mother and son would do and i'm still mourning our last pass like it's, yeah. it's devastating uh, but now, have you been talking to lorraine i have yeah lord behold i was talking to Lorraine that day of course we, everything was exciting it was fireworks you know it was nervousness it was happiness and then there was like oh god and then sadness and then that following week lorraine and i also have a half brother i didn't even know garrett he came, he was born in 77. He, he was after me. And then the, Lorraine had her son in 89, uh, Jonathan, the guy that found me. 
and then Lorraine and they all came over a week later. I picked them up at Belfast International and they stayed in Ravensdale in my home. And what was it like? It was very emotional. It was wonderful. And the things that Lorraine knew was just mind blowing because I wouldn't remember anything, Pat, when I was four. Like, and she said, oh, you loved your jam sandwiches and like that and things like that. And then she told me stories about mom. How mom had a pub in Cheadle Human in, in England in, and they ran a pub and she was a very likable person in the town. And, but mom also like told Lorraine, she, because Lorraine always asked about us. She remembered, of course. Oh, she remembered because she would have been seven. And mom said, oh, that life in Ireland is finished now. Your life now is in England. So whatever, you know, whatever little demons she had or whatever, how she harnessed the breakup from my dad and from being isolated from her son, Shane, and my older brother, my older sister too. Fantastic, fantastic story. Yeah. Uh, So may you have many more conversations with her and perhaps visits to the United States to meet your extended family. Uh, yeah, well, they came from Chester in England. Oh, the Chester? In Chester in England, yeah. That's they where they were nothing to do with America. Not Texas. Where? No, the DNA oh, yeah. check, the, the DNA test went to Texas. Ah, okay. And then he did, he took the DNA test in England and then it came back. But it was just this database, you know, so yeah. it was really good. But yeah, I look forward now to the next 40 years of sharing my extended mm-hmm. family and all mm-hmm. the wonderful things that we missed over the last 50 years. Now, we wish you the very best for uh, that, but also for your record-breaking attempts. And I know that you're, you're following the uh, fortunes of the current golden generation of runners at the moment. Yeah, as a lot of athletics fans will know, the Dublin Track Club, Dublin Track Club is doing something very special with Coach Phelan Kelly. And over the last couple of months, we have had two, three national record holders, Mark English in the 800-144, Andrew Cosquin, 330. He had a huge breakthrough. He broke Ray Flynn's 40-year-old record in the 1500 of 330. And then we have another young man, Brian Fay. He's ran 1301, which is a phenomenal time, right? And the 5K. Yeah, and this, at this time, at this preceding year to the road to Paris, it's an extremely important. And I, I want to get the message out. If there's anybody out there, like... Like I got, I got sponsorship through the Pat Kenny Live back in 96 and that really helped me on my Olympic dream. And I would like to know if there's a company out there that would jump on board with Dublin Track Club and support these guys for the road to Paris would be really, really much appreciated. Does, these are not no-hopers. These are guys these with are guys, real prospects. Prospects, Olympic finalists and possible medal contenders if they play their cards right. They're, and we, like, we have national record holders. We have multiple world record holders too. Sean Tobin ran on the three hours for the Antarctic Marathon only there six months ago and Paul Robinson ran the fastest mile on Antarctica as well so we have a bunch of really a collective group of athletes that are just outstanding and they could do with support they could do absolutely do with support and in, in return they can get the logos on the, on the t-shirts and they'll get mentioned in all the newspapers from the performances yeah absolutely it's, this is the most important it's 12 months to the Olympics let's help these guys mm. Shane Healy, you are truly a force of nature. What a life you've had and your adventures continue. Shane Healy, thank you very much for joining us in a studio. Well, now it's time for this. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.